Hey, welcome to the Carol Remarks Podcast. My name is Carol, and this is where I host my remarks on glamour, pop culture, and front page news. Let's get right to it. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Carol, and in this episode of Remarkable Beauty, we will discuss, air quote, inner beauty. When I was telling my husband that I needed to come up with a theme for the next episode, he immediately suggested inner beauty. My first thought was, typical man suggesting inner beauty, and I made a heavy sigh. But then I took a minute to, you know, actually think about what he suggested, and I realized he was brilliant. Do not tell him I said that. (laughs) Of course, inner beauty. But first, a disclaimer. I will be speaking about ingestible supplements and food. I want to make clear I am not a nutritionist or a dietitian. I am only gathering information, researching articles on the Internet, and then sharing what I find in my own words for this episode. I will also be sharing my personal experience with aging, health, and wellness. It is not my intent to tell you what to do. Please keep all of that in mind when listening. Alrighty then, let's get started. So when someone says inner beauty, what comes to your mind first? For me, it was spirituality, values, morals, how a person behaves, their character, their attitude. That is why I let out a heavy sigh when my husband first mentioned inner beauty as an episode. All of those things would be hard to capture and put into a 20-minute short segment of the podcast. And all of those things, the spirituality, the values, the morals, the character, the attitude, they are all huge and could be broken down even further for different categories and future episodes. If not, if inner beauty is not all of that, then what else could inner beauty mean? Physical, physical inner beauty and how that transforms to outer beauty. This is what I want to try to convey here today on the podcast, sharing research that I've gathered and sharing my personal experience. I'll start with what all the craze is lately and has been for quite some time, ingestible collagen, and does it work? I am not a doctor and I am not a nutritionist, but I can Google like everyone else, though. And I found this from an Allure article, The Truth About Drinking Collagen for Better Skin. The powders, the liquids, the pills, do they work? Let me first list the names of the expert experts, there are three of them, that this article from Allure noted for their research. First up is Joshua Zeichner, Joshua Zeichner. Uh, He's an MD, also board certified, and director of cosmetics and clinical research in dermatology at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. Then you have number two, Yoon Sue Cindy Bay, also an MD, also a board certified dermatologist at Laser and Skin Surgery Center of New York. 
And last but not least, and who I think is the most important one in this whole episode, her name is Carrie Gans, G-A-N-S. She is a registered dietitian and nutritionalist in New York City. Now, I say she. I'm assuming she is a she. I don't know. She spells her name K-E-R-I. Okay. The question, does drinking collagen or taking it as an oral supplement actually work to improve your skin? Of course, the experts tell us what collagen is and what it does. So collagen is the main structural protein in our skin. Think about a mattress frame. Without it, the skin starts to break down, resulting in fine lines and wrinkles, like a mattress would without its frame. And of course, wouldn't you know it, the older we get, the collagen decreases. Why, oh why, are we made up this way? But also take into consideration that sun exposure and pollution does not help either. And sadly, the experts say that ingesting collagen more than likely is not effective. I'm sorry. I know. Number one, they have little data to prove this. No data to back up that claim. Number two, you won't see the full benefit of the collagen molecule because it's broken down in the body so much first. And the nutritionalist expert, Miss Carrie Gaines, well, I should stop saying Miss Carrie Gaines because I don't know. Carrie Gans, I should say, G-A-N-S, brings up a great point. She says, where did we get this idea that if we drink collagen, that it will automatically go straight to our face? The collagen doesn't know where to go in your body once you ingest it. You don't drink it. And the collagen says, oh, I need to go up to Carol's crow's feet. And here is something else to think about. When reading reviews online about a particular ingestible collagen, remember that that person may have also changed up other aspects of their lifestyle. So we don't know really if the benefit they may be seeing is straight and only from the collagen supplement. The experts do agree that collagen supplements are most likely safe. Whew, that's good to know, right? Bottom line, with ingestible collagen, while it is safe to take, more than likely you will not see good and clear results. The experts do, however, recommend collagen strengthening treatments like topical retinol. So there you have it on the ingestible collagen supplement. And again, that was from Allure.com. But you know, that's not going to stop people from seeking, and it's not going to stop companies from selling. If you seek, you will no doubt find an excess of companies willing to sell you snake oil, so to speak. You know, I say snake oil, and I'm only being on negative here. I'm really just carrying on. I'm just really carrying on with y'all. Because in reality, while I have done the research and have read what the experts for real have just told me, I still want to find and try supplements. That's just the way it is for me. And obviously for a, a lot of other people. How do you determine what may be okay and what is something that is good for you and what, and what something may be junky for you? I like to look to the French for that. Why, what are the French doing and why the French? Number one, the quality of products. Number two, their constant innovation. They spend a lot of money, research and development and innovation and all of that. So when looking for best 
products and practices, I would always consider those two things. What is the quality of the products of that company? And what innovations are they working on? Of course, there's nothing wrong with good old-fashioned diet and exercise either. I know the word diet gets a bad rap. I should start saying proper nutrition instead of diet. But eating healthy and exercising can do wonders for your inner beauty as well. For me, when I was in my early 40s, I started doing CrossFit. So I am going to go off script here. This is the portion of the podcast where I go off script. And normally I will talk about a celebrity or something that's in the news. But instead, I'm going to share my personal experience with proper nutrition and exercise. I was obese, I was on medication, and I smoked when I joined CrossFit. So I'll try to keep it short. Long story short, my boss, my former boss, had introduced me to CrossFit. And at first I thought, there's no way that I can do CrossFit. I'm, you know, I'm overweight, I smoke, I'm on this medic, I'm on, you know, what medications I were on was a metformin for diabetes, for diabetes, thyroid medication, and there was, and a high cholesterol medication. I was on three different medications. And I was not fit at all. I'd never played sports when I was growing up in school, not on a regular basis. I mean, I would get to go outside and run around, but nothing, nothing formal, nothing organized as far as sports go. So I didn't understand, you know, the training. Um, so anyway, CrossFit, I started watching these videos online and I was watching these professional athletes do CrossFit. And I said, there's no way I could do that. Finally, I went and I, realized that you can scale everything. So, you know, instead of doing a hundred pound back squat, I could do a, just a regular back squat with, I mean, just a regular air squat until I could work my way up to adding weight. So everything is scalable. If you can't do a pull up, then you can do ring rows. You can do, if you can't do a full ass, you know, push up, then you could do uh, an assisted push-up. Everything is scalable, so keep that in mind. And so I started doing CrossFit. And again, like I said, I smoked. So like the first three months of doing CrossFit, I would almost cough up a lung on the way home. And one day I was standing out back smoking after dinner, and I thought, you know what? This is really disgusting. And this is three months into doing CrossFit. I said, this is gross and and just disgusting. And I put my cigarette out. And never had another one since. Didn't use any medication. Didn't use anything else except CrossFit because I liked breathing. So anyway, I kept doing CrossFit. I kept getting better and better and better. And I realized why I liked it so much because I would walk in to the CrossFit box. I would see the workout on the board, the workout of the day on the board. And my automatic thought would be, well, there's no way I can do that. And then, of course, they had the three different levels that you could do. And I would walk out after an hour having done the workout. And so it was a sense of accomplishment and which built my confidence to come back more and more to see if I could move up to the harder levels. And, and I did. And having that mindset, I didn't even think about how good it was for me physically. 
it, that just was like a byproduct or, a, a, you know, as a, that was just something else that came along with it that I didn't think about. I mean, I, I didn't really lose a whole lot of weight, weight, but it, everything moved around. I'm sure I lost fat and gained muscle and my measurements went down. So I went from like, you know, nearly size 20 down, you know, towards the end of everything after years and years, probably to like a size 10 at one point or another. But in the, but in the immediate effect, like in the first year, I went down two sizes at least, maybe three automatically in the first year. And then of course I quit smoking. I went to my doctor and I, you know, told him and I started eating better too, because I wanted to eat better to perform better at CrossFit. Now, I wasn't perfect at eating, but I certainly changed a lot of my eating habits. That is for sure. And that eating, what the eating food and the intake of food that I do was a gradual, still learning process. Okay. But eating is probably the most important thing, what goes in your body. So I went, finally went back to my doctor and told him what I was doing and everything. And he said, you know what? You don't need to take any of these medications anymore. And I've been off the medications for a little while now. Having said that, now that I'm 55, this was like close to 10 years ago. Now that I'm 55, uh, I haven't been doing as much CrossFit as I normally, as I used to do. I still have my garage gym and I, you know, just other things have come up in life that I'm getting older, but I'm going to get back to it. I'm not going to be able to do what I used to do, but that's okay. At least I can still move and work out and do something. All right. So I guess I need to go back on script here. That was my story with CrossFit. It seems like there's more I need to tell you about that. Oh, I liked it so much that I went and got certified as a CrossFit trainer. (laughs) I think my certification runs out next year in May, though. So, you know, if you can't do CrossFit, if you can't afford CrossFit, just start moving somehow, you know, get with somebody that's an expert and get, get you some help on that. All right. So I will go back on script. I think what kicked all of that off for me, the CrossFit and everything and the eating was something a nutritionist told me when I first entered the menopausal, menopausal world. I mean, when that, when that first started happening for me, she, had, we were talking about food, obviously, and she broke it down for me like this. In simple terms, I could understand. So our bodies have a job to do, and it needs fuel. And when we eat something that our body doesn't recognize as what it can use as fuel, such as sugar and processed food, our body will look at this junk, and since it doesn't know what to do with it, it will say kind of like, well, let's store it over here, meaning fat, okay? What it cannot use, it stores and it will turn into fat. But when our body takes in vegetables, fruits, nuts, some grains, some meats and small portion, then the body recognizes what it is supposed to be taking in and it puts it to work right away, which equals energy, okay? So when the nutritionalist broke it down to me like that, my whole world changed. Implementing it is a different story, but I do try to do better about what I eat. And I have noticed a huge difference, huge difference 
If you are interested in learning more about good nutrition and how the body reacts, I give you YouTube's Dr. Eric Berg, D.C. He is 55 years old, and he discusses truths about getting healthy and losing weight. He specializes in healthy ketosis and intermittent fasting, which is another thing I strongly agree on is intermittent fasting. But I know what you're thinking. A chiropractor dishing out health guidance? Yes. And I will say three words to you. Swollen, painful joints. You can look, uh, you can look him up on his YouTube channel and discover the rest for yourself. He basically, um, talks about the importance of doing keto diet. And my experience with keto diet was spectacular, by the way. My goodness. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard in the very beginning. Like the first week is very difficult. But if you can get through it, you're going to feel so much better. I also narrowed down, uh, I also narrowed it down to not eating any white food, too, the way I felt better. You know, instead of trying to be like a physicist trying to figure all of this out, what to eat, what not to eat, I narrowed it down for me, basically, is don't eat any white food. <laughs> and what do I mean by this? I mean don't eat any sugar or white flour. But that's just me. If you can afford to do so, hire yourself a nutritionist. I mentioned that word a lot in this episode. I think they are underrated. A nutritionist is an expert in the use of food and nutrition to promote health and manage diseases. These specialists advise people on what to eat in order to lead a healthy lifestyle or achieve a specific health-related goal. Most nutritionists work in hospitals, nursing homes, long-term care facilities, or medical offices. So if you can afford to hire one for yourself, I would probably strongly suggest that. Well, that does it for this episode of Remarkable Beauty. I hope you enjoyed it. I would like to ask that you share it with one other person. If you're a regular listener and haven't done so yet, would you please leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you are using Apple Podcasts would be best, however. And I'm still trying to grow my audience. I would also enjoy some feedback and constructive criticism. You can find me online or on these social media accounts. Instagram will be Remarkable Beauty Podcast. Twitter, the actual handle is Remarkable, uh, I'm sorry, the actual handle is Beauty Remarks. But I'm sure if you type in the Twitter search field, Remarkable Beauty, I will come up. And of course, I have a public Facebook page and a public Facebook group that I would love for you to join. Okay, thanks for listening and have a fantastic week. Thanks. We're not a democracy!